Hello and welcome to Retrieving the Social Sciences, a production of the Center for Social Science Scholarship. I'm your host, Ian Anson, Associate Professor of Political Science here at UMBC. On today's show, as always, we'll be hearing from UMBC faculty, students, visiting speakers, and community partners about the social science research they've been performing in recent times. Qualitative, quantitative, applied, empirical, normative, on Retrieving the Social Sciences, we bring the best of UMBC's social science community to you. Immigrants, they get the job done. While that infinitely catchy line from Hamilton the Musical is a fun one to listen along to, the social science of immigration is a serious endeavor. Welcoming new arrivals from abroad into one's country poses a whole host of political, social, cultural, and economic questions. While the subject of immigration is therefore an encompassing one for the disciplines, in today's episode of Retrieving the Social Sciences, we take a look at the phenomenon of U.S. in-migration from the perspective of economics. And much like the freakonomic observations of my fellow podcaster Stephen J. Dubner, there are many surprising and unexpected aspects of migration economics that deserve close scientific scrutiny. On today's show, we hear from Dr. Giovanni Perry, professor of economics at the University of California, Davis, and a research associate of the National Bureau of Economic Research in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Dr. Perry is the founder of the UC Davis Global Migration Center and serves on the editorial board of several high-profile academic journals. Dr. Perry's remarks help us to better understand how economic decision-making plays a role in the contours of migration, both globally and within the United States. You know, a lot of us probably have some preconceived notions about how immigration works. We might assume, for example, that migrants to the U.S. and other wealthy countries often come from some of the poorest countries in the world. We might also assume that immigration to the U.S. is as high as it's ever been, or that immigration wasn't impacted at all by the COVID-19 pandemic. Further, we might be under the assumption that refugees make decisions about where and how to migrate that resemble those of other migrants. Well, according to the research of Dr. Perry, it's a lot more complicated. Let's take a listen to Dr. Perry's remarks which were presented in the fall of 2022 at UMBC at the Social Sciences Forum Mullen Lecture, sponsored by the Center for Social Science Scholarship and organized by the Department of Economics. This talk is not about, sadly, uh, this talk is about data, facts, and where I think it is useful to build in order to think about immigration in the US. In fact, before talking about immigration in the US, uh, the, focus, the talk will be focused on the impact of immigration in the US. I wanna talk about some facts of immigration which are really global, which are happening in the world, and I think you should, we should start there to understand how immigration is evolving and what it is. Um, I will also say at several points how a little bit of economics help us understand immigration, uh, who migrates, uh, what are the consequences, and then I will talk about why immigration is so important and relevant for the economics of the US. I will talk about where immigrants go, what do they do to jobs, to the economy, to innovation, creativity, to the US population, and then how they generate these very important linkages. And then I will, uh, in the last part, I will talk a little bit about how immigration affects the politics or what are some uh, research-informed uh, data about immigration and politics. And then 
a couple of facts which still uh, are a little preliminary on how COVID-19 changed migration and, and why I think going forward some of the impact that COVID-19 had both on immigration and on the US economy will be important to understand where we're going to go after that. The first thing I want to uh, uh, dispel and if you just bring home one thing from this is this idea. There is a very powerful and very wrong way of thinking about the US economy, labor market and what immigrants do that. And this very powerful and very wrong way comes essentially straight out of Malthus. The idea that uh, we live in a world that has a very strongly constrained productive capacity like land and more people you pile up the more the marginal productivity of people goes down. Um, if you think of immigration as a sudden change of a lot of people in constrained resource place, then this will make you say migrants have to displace natives, migrants have to push down the wage of natives. The real understanding of our research, not just in immigration economic, but in growth economic, in trade, in economic geography, is that it's almost the opposite in fact, which is when you have more skills, more people, more varieties of ability, more idea in a place close by, more you produce per person because what matters for our economy is not how much land you produce. Land is not that relevant in production. It is how many ideas you have, how many abilities you have, how more complex is your set of skills. So the way of understanding the effect of immigration is that the economics that you should apply in the labor market is an economic in which skill, ideas, entrepreneurship, creativity, innovation play a key role. And if that's true, more people, and in particular as I've showed you, out of which a lot of them are also highly educated, this is going to have a massive positive impact on firm, productivity, variety of things. So, it's really hard to argue that most developed country, for most developed country, the Malthusian world that maybe works in agriculture in a sort of early society is a good, good representation of reality. But really, when people say immigrants steal your job, immigrants push native out of the labor force, they have the Malthusian uh, 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 model in your mind. So in a way that everybody who has taken Econ 1 can think about the relationship between productivity and uh, density of people and employment um, uh, in a Malthusian world is one in which there is a fixed factor and as a consequence when you increase the number of people, immigrants bring a number of workers from here to here, you have to push down the marginal productivity. And this world goes with more crowding, more congestion in production, more competition. Instead, in the world in which uh, that we have seen in economics in the last 30 years, the world, I don't know, in which uh, Paul Romer, who's the growth economist, wins the Nobel Prize because he says that ideas are really what make it growth, in which uh, Paul Krugman wins the Nobel Prize in trade and geography because he says his specialization, his variety, his concentration that increases productivity, in, those, in that world, 
Um, when you have more people that work in an economy, this increases specialization, increases agglomeration economy, as they're called, increases diversity of skill that you need to produce sophisticated goods, and so ultimately increases productivity. And so clearly, in a very simple representation, more people, more immigrants, in particular if they are different people, if they are educated and they have different skills, brings you up along the marginal productivity or along the productivity uh, line. So that theory that more immigrants go in a place uh, uh, hurt the wage of natives is really, has really very little evidence uh, um, uh, to support that type of idea. The second thing that I don't think people have appreciated a lot, but the recent research has brought out in a very strong way, is that immigrants have a much higher entrepreneurship rate than natives do in the United States. What is an entrepreneurship rate? Essentially, is per thousand people, the probability that one of them creates a new firm, and so creates a new job through that firm. Now, you can ask why, why is it that the immigrants, uh, and I think that, again, selection explains a lot. A lot of the characteristics that make you a good entrepreneur are similar probably to the characteristics that brought you to leave your country to begin with. You are probably less uh, risk averse, you, have, you fear change a little bit less, you are a little bit more adaptable. Um, these firms that are created by, uh, by immigrants, of course, employ a lot of natives as well. So, in a sense, if you think that the scarce factor in a country is entrepreneurship, having more people who could create, who have ideas, who have initiative, who have risk-taking attitude to create a firm, can be the most important thing to generate some other jobs. So, in this form, in this way, you see how immigrants can be actually very important in creating and generating jobs. Just out of their entrepreneurial impact, you can estimate that this corresponds to several hundreds of thousands of jobs uh, that are created in firms which are started by natives. So, again, go back to Malthus. If the important factor to produce was land, fixed, more people generate less. But if the important factor to produce are idea, entrepreneurship, creating, then more people and more of this kind of people increases really the, the uh, possibilities of uh, everybody. One obvious thing that people have studied and people have said, but I just want to remind you, is that um, if you look at all the impact that the uh, immigrants can have on the economy, their demographic impact can be just as important. Immigrants tend to be young, they come in the US when they're young, and they have more children than Americans. Then eventually, uh, second, third generation are adjusted, but Clearly, they, will, they could be a force that attenuates the effect of aging, which is happening quite quickly in the labor force. One, they will keep the labor force relatively stable, otherwise it will start shrinking uh, in the next decade. And second, um, maybe they will help uh, with the social security. Of course, the social security is going to go through a transition because the US is, is aging and so, um, uh, you will really need very large immigration to uh, fully stabilize the population, but you can at least attenuate the drastic, how drastic the impact is. So demographically, clearly, there could be a big, uh, important role of immigrants. And then finally, uh, for economists, immigrants create another things. More immigrants generate more connection with the rest of the world, and there is a lot of work and a lot of study that shows that more immigrants imply more trade, 
in particular of complex goods means goods which are differentiated because immigrants know about the culture of a country maybe they consume but they also know how to export better this good and more immigrants imply more investment companies that have immigrants know better how Italy, Lithuania, Korea work and they can invest in those countries uh, better um, I'm gonna, again this is uh, just to show a number these are network connection uh, from migration and from trade but I want to point that this is the estimate that most that a lot of work the consensus for 1% more immigrant more immigration that you have uh, the import and export of a country with that country of origin increased by 0.2.3% there are a lot of studies that use different identification different method but that's the common result more network of immigrants larger import and export larger connection so more goods more variety of goods are available more opportunity to invest and so on okay last thing i want to say is uh, covid i'm going to show you that covid uh, in covid because mobility in the world was stopped because uh, u.s consulate didn't process visa uh, because it was very hard to come in the US, essentially COVID has caused, has caused two years of immigration, net of kind of uh, eliminating, sort, sort of flattening immigration to zero, as I will show. At the same time, COVID has made realized Americans that immigrants uh, are crucial in many sectors. Um, immigrants are overrepresented in sectors that came out to be critical. In healthcare, even just take healthcare, this is the percentage of immigrants in California on average, in the big state, New Jersey, New York, California, and this is the average, and see that uh, the presence of immigrants, almost 30% of uh, people in health, working in healthcare are immigrants, uh, significantly more than the average. Of course, uh, if you consider agriculture as an essential sector, which was back then, agriculture in the US is only done by immigrants everywhere. So you would think that the incredible shortages, the decline of immigration, the realization that they play a critical role, maybe would generate now kind of a little bit of a political direction towards some of these immigration, immigration reforms that we have had, that we, that we could do and we never did. But the answer is no. So to conclude, uh, from an economist's point of view, immigration is a, a great engine of economic growth, and in particular in the US. Uh, uh, immigration has been a great engine of economic growth. And uh, uh, in the longer run, especially if you take a little bit of a long run perspective, you clearly see that the benefits uh, from less restrictive, more, uh, more open and, and forward-looking immigration policy could be significant, could be important. Um, uh, COVID is providing us, uh, I just showed you something, COVID is giving us also a lot of other things to talk about, the, uh, how we work, uh, maybe these immigrants don't even need to come anymore here because they can work remotely, it will give us a lot of things to work and to think about because immigration can change and labor can change after COVID, but at the very least shows us how important and interconnected immigrants are in many sectors, plus uh, tells us uh, that uh, uh, the shortages we are experiencing like, like right now of worker maybe in part depend on that. Um, uh, maybe uh, at some point this will be brought in the deba debate, but uh, um, leaving aside uh, the, the politics of it, I think that from an economic point of view, uh, immigration has been, is and will continue to be after COVID a crucial economic engine for the US.
Campus Connections. Campus Connections. Campus Connections. Campus Connections. Now it's time for Campus Connections, a part of the podcast where we connect today's featured content to the work of other scholars on UMBC's campus. Today's connection features the work of our very own CS3 Associate Director, Dr. Felipe Filomeno. Dr. Filomeno, Associate Professor of Political Science and Global Studies, is an interdisciplinary, community-based scholar focused on human development in the context of Latin America and the Latin American diaspora in the United States. As it turns out, our production assistant, Sofia Pasadente, is here to tell us a bit about a new paper that Dr. Filomeno has published on the topic of immigration. This one is pretty relevant to our many discussions about higher education on the podcast, because Dr. Filomeno's paper studies college students who also happen to be immigrants to the United States. What's this paper all about, Sophia? As it turns out, today's installment of Campus Connections not only features the research of Dr. Filomeno, but his collaborator and fellow UMBC professor, Dr. Christopher Brown. Dr. Brown is a lecturer in UMBC's Global Studies program, whose specializations include transnational migration and international education. Their paper, called Immigrant Students in Global Education, was not only authored by UMBC faculty, but describes research that was carried out on campus. Using the experiences of real UMBC undergrads, Drs. Filomeno and Brown documented their project as they sought to increase levels of global competence on campus by facilitating student research on the immigrant experience. In the fall of 2019, eight student participants enrolled in a 400-level research practicum course within the Global Studies program. The goal of the class was to examine how the lives and academic careers of immigrant students were shaped by their previous intercultural experiences. Students conducted semester-long independent research projects, which informed the pedagogical observations included in the resulting faculty publication. Doctors Filomeno and Brown concluded that the course was largely successful for students, both grade-wise and in terms of building global competence. While many students originally focused on deficit framings, or what factors make academic life more difficult for immigrant students, Continued research and interviews revealed the many ways transnational education is beneficial, both for immigrant students and the communities they're a part of. The work of Dr. Filomeno and Dr. Brown has a very meta nature to it. A research paper about research, an observation of UMBC students who, in turn, observe their classmates. This layered approach truly captures the complicated ways immigrant students, and immigrants as a whole, are shaped by their surroundings, and how their surroundings are shaped by them. Thanks again, Sophia, for your great synopsis. And thank you, dear listeners, for learning about immigration, economics, and the student experience with us today. Until next time, keep questioning. Retrieving the Social Sciences is a production of the UMBC Center for Social Science Scholarship. Our director is Dr. Christine Mallinson, our associate director is Dr. Felipe Filomeno, and our production intern is Jefferson Rivas. Our theme music was composed and recorded by Dewan Moreland. Find out more about CS3 at socialscience.umbc.edu. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where you can find full video recordings of recent UMBC events. Until next time, keep questioning. <laughs>